this week on the Back Table Podcast. I think uh, the importance here is that this just brings to light uh, some of the exhaustion that we have uh, in our specialty in general. And now uh, complicated by uh, some of the uh, current situation with COVID, uh, it just sort of makes us think that we really need to take time for ourselves, take time for our friends and families, and uh, really focus on yourself and take care uh, and taking care of yourself uh, because that's important and uh, that's what will get you through life ultimately. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Back Table Podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome. For our regular listeners, welcome back and thank you for listening. Backtable is a podcast committed to all things IR and endovascular. I'm Chris Beck and I'll be your host today. I'm a private practice interventional radiologist based out of New Orleans, Louisiana. Today we have a great episode lined up for you. Before we get to it, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, RADPAD. RADPAD was developed by physicians for physicians. Clinically proven radiation protection during cine and digital subtraction angiography. Don't bet your career or your health on anything less. Trust RADPAD radiation protection shields for all your fluoro-guided interventions. See radpad.com for more information, or you can contact them at info at radpad.com for a free radiation evaluation and no-brainer radiation protection cap. If you do get in touch with RADPAD, let them know you heard about it from the Backtable podcast. With that out of the way, let's get started. I'm happy to introduce our two guests today. We have today Dr. Jeffrey Chick and Dr. Jake Bundy. Uh, Jacob, welcome to the show. Jeff, good to have you back on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes. Guys, if uh, you don't know Jeff Chick, then you've probably missed out on a lot of our earlier episodes. You can see them at um, episodes like Advanced Interal Access, Endoscopy for the IR, and Complex Lymphatic Interventions. Um, guys, can we just take a minute to introduce both of you guys? Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I'm a R1 resident at Wake Forest University. I'm currently in track for their ESIR program, and I have worked with Dr. Chick on multiple research projects prior to this. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Dr. Chick, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about the practice. Absolutely. Well, I think, first of all, Jake is underselling himself. Uh, he's done phenomenal things over the past few years uh, and been an author on more than 50 papers, and he's definitely an up-and-coming star in IR, so look out for him. Uh, as I'm Jeff. Uh, I'm now at the University of Washington in Seattle uh, in an academic practice covering three different hospitals, uh, predominantly uh, spearheading the lymphatic and venous work, uh, which I've discussed with you guys before. And thanks for having me again, like always. Yeah, man. Good to have you. So a lot of the topic today, we're going to be talking about physician burnout, a very important topic. And there was a paper that uh, Dr. Bundy and Dr. Chick helped pin. And uh, listeners, just so you know, we're going to provide a link for that article in the show notes. But let's just start out with the first basic question. Um, Jeff, we'll start with you. Uh, What exactly is what is burnout? Uh, so we have two classifications or two things that we typically think of burnout. Uh, so the traditional answer uh, is burnout is essentially any sort of 
emotional exhaustion uh, that occurs in the workplace. And that's uh, one definition that sort of focuses on the uh, physician or the individual not being able to, well, the, uh, the deficiency stemming from the physician or the individual. And then there's a second sort of school of thought called moral injury, uh, which is sort of a mismatch between uh, the individual and the environment that they're in. And due to sort of a malalignment of uh, the environment that they're working in, uh, the physician or individual can't cope with the external stressors. And that's sort of termed moral injury. So burnout and moral injury are these two uh, sort of notions that go kind of hand in hand. Okay. Um, Jake, can I ask you, what inspired you guys to tackle this issue and and put this paper together in the first place? Like, how did this all start? I think a lot of this originated uh, from me and Anthony, one of our uh, co-authors as well. We were in med school at the time. We were kind of getting inundated with a lot of talks and meetings we had to go to regarding burnout, even among medical students. And we kind of took notice of this and we started talking with Jeff and uh, Ravi Srinivasa as well, kind of about this issue and seeing how much of an issue this has been around physicians. Um, and basically from that, we realized this is an issue that hasn't necessarily been studied well among interventional radiology. And we wanted to kind of get a better sense of what the prevalence was within our specialty as a whole and then kind of the factors that have been driving it for the individual physician as well. Okay. So I read the article, and there were there were three things that were kind of mentioned in terms of describing burnout, uh, which were uh, depersonalization, emotional exhaustion, and lack of personal accomplishment. Jeff, can you kind of speak to each one of these or maybe lay out some uh, definitions um, for terms that are potentially going to come up in the rest of the podcast? Of course. Uh, so this sort of all developed uh, from some of the folks at Mayo Clinic and Stanford who... Uh, study the health and well-being of individuals. And as Jake sort of alluded to, it's sort of become popularized over the uh, past several years. So this all developed from a standardized survey, which has been formed uh, to assess burnout. And as you alluded to, uh, this survey assesses three particular things, uh, emotional exhaustion, uh, depersonalization, and overall personal achievement. And the emotional exhaustion component and the depersonalization components have scoring systems uh, based on this uh, 22-item survey, uh, which uh, psychologists and experts have used to score and determine uh, individuals which are at risk for burnout or overall global exhaustion. The third component, the personal achievement, is just a uh, factored in component, but it's not scored uh, as a uh, component specifically indicative of burnout. The survey, so so Jake, we went over to you. The survey was it a survey that you guys put together, or was this was this a general survey that already existed that you were, guys were able to tailor um, to interventional radiology and then and then um, forward on to some of the IR um, docs around the country. So the survey we actually used in the paper was a 34-question survey. 22 of those specific questions were consisting of the specific validated questions from the Maslach Burnout Inventory, which is that validated questionnaire that assesses those three accesses of burnout. 
In addition to that, we also included 11 questions that regarded IR specific, including demographics, years in practice, practice environment, um, what level of training they were in and how many hours they worked per week, as well as um, call responsibilities. So we tried to tailor it um, to IR as well as using the validated questionnaire. Jacob, what were some of the findings that y'all came across um, with the results of the survey? I think some of the more significant results that we found were when we looked at female interventional radiologists, we actually found uh, 2.4 higher um, association of burnout among female interventional radiologists when compared to male interventional radiologists. Um, And that was one of our major statistical findings. In addition to that, we also found that um, respondents who worked greater than 80 hours per week were at seven times the risk of uh, reporting the criteria associated with burnout compared to those who worked less than 80 hours a week. And I think out of our results, those are the two kind of core findings that brought uh, this paper to prevalence. In addition to that, um, among all respondents of the survey, we also found a prevalence of burnout among interventional radiologists to be 72% as well. 72% of, and that's one of the findings that actually really stuck out to me, is that 72% of the respondents all reported or, I guess, met criteria for some form of physician burnout. And I don't want to confuse correlation with causation, but is, is there anything that you guys were able to glean or knew on the front end going in that IR may, may stack so high as uh, to the, the uh, numbers of uh, physicians suffering from physician burnout? Or was this kind of a surprise in, in terms of getting the findings back? And Jeff, we can start with you. Well, actually, I think this was uh, kind of a complete surprise. As Jake alluded to earlier, uh, this issue sort of hadn't been explored uh, in interventional radiology at all. Uh, if you look at burnout in general, uh, burnout is thought to be uh, prevalent in only 30% of uh, non-healthcare care workers and about 40% of healthcare workers in general. Uh, surgeons report burnout of around 40%. Diagnostic radiologists uh, report rates of burnout of 50 to 60%. Uh, but it's actually shocking uh, that the rates of burnout are so high in interventional radiologists. Uh, if you just look last year, Uh, In a national burnout study, uh, some of the highest rates were in the 50s and 60s for neurology and urology. So IR, uh, interventional radiology, with upwards of 70% is actually one of the highest documented rates of burnout, if not the highest. I think speaking in those same terms, too, yeah, in doing our literature review for this paper, I think I encountered only one other medical subspecialty that had a higher rate when we look retrospectively now seeing this rate, and that was among cardiothoracic surgeons. So I think these results definitely speak to underlying factors related to radiology and then specifically interventional radiology, too, because even when previous studies looked at diagnostic radiology, they were ranked among the top five of medical specialties in burnout. So I think looking at the factors in addition to the diagnostic side that contribute from the interventional side, I think those factors combined are kind of what set itself up for having such a high um, finding in this paper. Wow. And I noticed from the paper that there was, there wasn't, uh, there, there was an open-ended question uh, maybe at the end of the survey 
Um, well, one, I wanted uh, both of you guys to speak to what exactly the question was and did any themes uh, emerge from the open-ended responses um, where people were just able to freely type in, like, you know, what affects them for uh, burnout? And uh, Jake, we can start with you. So the question was worded as an optional question at the end of the survey, and it said, in your own words, the greatest contributor to burnout in your workplace is, and then we left it open at that. And looking at the responses, um, since it was an open-ended one, it's hard to just put them into discrete categories, but looking at general themes, um, many of the things people cited were administrative pressures on productivity, um, relationships between the interventional radiologist and their ancillary staff, um, kind of workload, work hours, and um, and then issues related to um, inefficiencies with the electronic medical record, and then some lack of recognition and respect from other medical and surgical subspecialties as well. Interesting. And, and Jeff, from your perspective, having been out in uh, practice for a little while, did any of the uh, open-ended responses surprise you, or did they echo maybe some of the sentiments or, or suspicions that you had uh, before you read them? I uh, think the some of the initial findings, the burnout being present in women, maybe, or the specific hour requirements were a little bit new to me. But the uh, overall feelings that people had about the generalized causes or the unique causes of burnout were not surprising. I think any of us who have been in practice certainly know there at times can be a mismatch between physicians' desires or uh, notions and administrative or bureaucracy, as well as uh, challenges or difficulties with medical records, which sort of at times limits our ability to take care of patients efficiently and adequately. Uh, so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I think all of us can uh, appreciate and uh, echo every single one of the responses that the open-ended questions uh, provided. So in, in looking at the um, results, it, to me, it was no surprise that interventional radiologists who were working greater than 80 hours per week would be showing higher rates of burnout. Was it a surprise to have uh, one of the cohorts as like female interventional radiologists showing higher signs or being at higher risk for burnout? Was that a surprise or was that something that that bore out in other specialties that were have been looked at for burnout previously? And uh, Jake, we can start with you. Looking at other work on burnout, they have found not as high, but higher rates of burnout among female surgical residents and surgical attendings. So it's been a finding that's been at least produced in previous uh, papers looking at this issue. But I think it's something when we look at interventional radiology as a whole, it's not probably unsurprising when we start looking at some of the factors that may have contributed to this, mainly being the discrepancy in um, sex within the interventional radiology as a whole. And we look at that gender gap and we think of different um, stressors that could be placed upon women compared to their male counterparts, including kind of having that work-life balance, having increased rates of work-home conflict and increased pressures for having to maintain um, kind of dual roles as a physician and either a mother and a spouse that women kind of take on higher um, proportions of than their male interventional counterparts. So taking a left turn a little bit, um, can we talk about, uh, it's a two-part question. So what are some of the early and late signs that a physician may be uh, showing of burnout? And can physicians recognize when they're showing these signs of burnout? Um, Jeff, can we start with you on this one? 
so I think they're the obvious things that we sort of all feel but may not be the best at recognizing. So it, it typically uh, burnout is associated with, say, poor work productivity, uh, less than ideal interactions with friends and colleagues. Uh, so these are basically a global sadness or emotional exhaustion. And I know we probably all feel these things, but we're somewhat uh, persistent and we uh, don't acknowledge them and we don't really change our practices. But the uh, hard part is that uh, these feelings can eventually lead to sort of early career termination. And actually, they have been shown to be associated with increased suicide as well. Uh, so unfortunately, I think we're aware of them, but we're not particularly great at uh, finding a solution to them. Are there any uh, suggestions for listeners if if you think you may be falling into a well of physician burnout, any things that you can kind of take a good look at either in your practice or how you're feeling um, to, to have some self-awareness or some recognition that you, you may be in this, in this spiral of, of physician burnout. Um, Jake. I would say first and foremost, if you feel like you are experiencing some of these symptoms, you can always reach out to whatever mental health support you have either within your system or that you have pre-established and you can discuss some of these issues with them, and then they can kind of maybe provide further insights into it. Um, outside of that, there's been lots of interventions that have targeted toward helping people with symptoms of burnout on kind of personal group level and then kind of system-wide interventions as well, too. Some of the things that we've found in past searches that have helped people with symptoms of burnout is having regular exercise, um, working on mindfulness is one of the big individual level kind of things people have promoted as being able to help physicians, just kind of being aware of where your emotions are coming from, where your dissatisfaction with your work is coming from. And I think one of the big things I've found when kind of reading through a lot of the literature here, and it kind of speaks to that issue of autonomy when we're looking at um, system level issues, is that if you as a physician are uh, working on work that you find um, meaningful, 20% of the time, so just a fifth of your work is on something you find meaningful, then they saw burnout rates to be significantly lower among those individuals. So I think just recentering yourself, finding what really got you into medicine, and then reaching out to those resources and mental health that you have around you, I think are good early steps that you can kind of look at and consider when you think you may be suffering from these symptoms. I was going to say, as Jake alluded to, there's almost a sort of mismatch between uh, some of the maneuvers that had been uh, helped to prevent burnout and a little bit what uh, the survey actually showed. So historically, as Jake alluded to, mindfulness training or group therapy or exercise has uh, been used to help folks with burnout. And it certainly has been shown to help in multiple studies. But uh the, open end que the open-ended question in our uh, study here helped identify many other problems, institutional, hospital-based problems that also need to be addressed adequately, or no matter how well the, uh, the physician attempts to individually improve himself or protect themselves, it's likely not going to, it's likely going to fail ultimately. So if I if I hear you correctly, it's there are a lot of tactics that are brought up um, that the individual can take on to to maximize their resilience. But 
in essence, you're, you're describing more of a systemic problem that needs to be addressed on a systemic level if the IR, the IR as a profession is going to succeed in reducing rates of physician burnout. Exactly, exactly. I think, for example, uh, exercise therapy certainly helps, but if your hospital is horribly inefficient, uh, you're working much longer hours, your uh, electronic medical record uh, is is poorly integrated and is cumbersome. Uh, no matter how many, uh, even if you recognize it inter- internally and uh, undergo group therapy or exercise, it's not going to fix the underlying uh, dysfunction or sort of the root of the problem. The three things that were mentioned in the paper for individuals to do were mindfulness training, small group discussions, exercise. Um, I think most people are familiar with small group discussions and exercise. Can you guys talk a little bit about what exactly is mindfulness training? Um, Jake, we can start with you. So I think when they talk about mindfulness training, I think a lot of that is related to it's not all just meditation, but a lot of it is taking time away from your day where you're able to just kind of be alone with your thoughts and look inward upon yourself and look at what's the root of your, the way you're feeling and what's causing a lot of your emotions that you would either not want to happen or that you um, are think associated with burnout. So it's looking at where those emotions are coming from and trying to think of ways that you can internally kind of recognize that. And then in the future kind of curtail those or, kind of have a better sense of when you are feeling like that. So then you can decrease yourself feeling like that in the future. And I think it's a lot of it just comes from inwardly looking and having that dedicated time to kind of reflect. Okay. Um, Jeff, uh, looking to you in term, I know that you've, you've been a part of a couple different large healthcare systems. Um, whenever you look at like the larger healthcare systems is there anything that some of some of the places that you've been are doing right and doing well and maybe ideas that other interventional radiologists can take to their healthcare systems to say, hey, this is an example of something that's that's working well in terms of, of combating physician burnout or, or even on the, the converse? Or have you seen some things that aren't going so well and you think maybe are bad examples or bad players in terms of, you know, leading to increased rates of physician burnout? Well, I certainly know that very large institutions uh, such as uh, Mass General and some of the Boston programs, Stanford, Mayo Clinic, uh, and other uh, prominent institutions actually here at the University of Washington as well, there's been a dedicated identification and a uh, appointment of a dedicated uh, health wellness dean or uh, director of global wellness in medicine. So there's been a shift uh, towards uh, promoting ideas of wellness and the and recognizing burnout in general. So I think that's the very first step uh, is to identify that it actually is a problem and that steps need to be taken. In a smaller set, in a microcosm, uh, just having good relationships with your colleagues and having open discussions or uh, bi-weekly meetings or uh, bi-monthly meetings uh, just to discuss uh, the general well-being of you and your colleagues rather than having uh, work be a factory. have uh, These are your friends that you spend uh, the majority of your time with. So becoming closer with them, uh, discussing these issues with them, and uh, knowing that work is, uh, there's much more to work 
than doing uh, the procedures and the interventions. It's supporting one another and acknowledging uh, one another's needs and uh, ongoing concerns. Great advice. So both of you guys um, were authors in in this paper, which was the first to take a look at uh, physician burnout, specifically for interventional radiology. Where do you guys see the next step, or or what's what's the next um, the next uh, milestone in terms of of putting something together for interventional radiology to either take a closer look at this or What's the next step in, in taking our practice from the highest rates of physician burnout to something that's, you know, along a more normal level? Uh, Jake, we can start with you. So I think there's kind of two perspectives or two different approaches you could look at going forward. I think the first is having a closer inspection of where this burnout is originating from among the interventional radiologists. When you looked at our survey, we had a disproportionate number of early career interventional radiologists uh, as respondents. And I think that was a lot related to how we disseminated the survey, which was through email and social media. Um, so I think having a better delineation and specifically looking at either uh, trainees, early career physicians, and late career physicians would be important because I think the um, factors that contribute to burnout would vary significantly among those different generations. And I think if you're going to start tailoring interventions for um, interventional radiologists, then I think you have to know what the specific root cause of it is. And then I think on the second front, I think the next re- avenues of research would be actually instituting some of these specific interventions and then seeing if they are successful among interventional radiologists. So then we can further develop institution-wide kind of initiatives and spread these among interventional radiologists, whether that's through SIR or other resources that we can kind of disseminate it so these practices can be further known and instituted. So, Jeff, same question to you. Where do you think the next step is as far as uh, research into physician burnout? Well, I think uh, the first step is sort of this paper uh, was groundbreaking in identifying the two main contributing factors being uh, that women and work hours were associated with increased burnout. So now we, I think globally on a whole, make some changes here. So I think all of us have been uh, including or involving more women uh, in our various programs, in our specialty, and in our society as a whole. So that is attempting to make an improvement in that regard. And then I think we make steps to limit our work hours in general. And I think as Jake sort of alluded to, uh, this is sort of the tip of the iceberg and a much more global uh, understanding of this whole concept needs to be done. Our, this study was in approximately 300 uh, interventional radiologists. But if you just think of those uh, in the U.S., uh, it's more than 7,000. Uh, so we need to understand what all our members and all our uh, individuals are feeling. Uh, and I think the Society of Interventional Radiology with some other uh, sponsors, the Mayo Clinic, is conducting a larger uh, burnout assessment to just identify exactly what interventional radiologists are feeling and how to tackle it in the future. Excellent. So, guys, we covered a lot of material today. Um, final thoughts. Is there anything that we, any questions I didn't ask or anything that was left unsaid with regards to physician burnout, starting with you, Jake? 
I would say I think that this is kind of indicative of where medicine is as a whole right now. Whether the numbers vary between specialties, I think, is kind of irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. I think we realize there's a lot of system-wide issues, and I think a lot of this is bearing out kind of in the setting of the pandemic right now, too. And we're seeing a lot of institution-wide initiatives that have worked well and have had fluid fluidity and been implemented well. And then we've also seen instances where administration has not adapted well and they've been kind of rigid and it's led to poor responses. So I think just looking at that and how it plays out, I think is a kind of an insight that we can take and apply to burnout when we look at where we can make easy changes and where we can have institutions and the administration look at this issue and make wider kind of sweeping changes that would be able to address some of these big issues outside of just the individual ones too. So I think Thinking of it in that context and moving from there, I think, is definitely something that you consider as a whole. Excellent. And uh, Jeff, same thing. Uh, final thoughts on physician burnout. I think uh, the importance here is that this just brings to light uh, some of the exhaustion that we have uh, in our specialty in general. And now uh, complicated by uh, some of the uh, current situation with covid uh, it just sort of makes us think that we really need to take time for ourselves, take time for our friends and families, and uh, really focus on yourself and take caring uh, and taking care of yourself uh, because that's important and uh, that's what will get you through life ultimately. Excellent, excellent advice, guys. Good discussion today. Um, Dr. Bundy, Dr. Chick, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, Jake, I appreciate you coming on for your first time. Jeff, always great having you back. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And uh, congratulations, guys, again, for doing an outstanding job uh, over the past few months. I think uh, you're really uh, disseminating some fantastic information uh, to the listeners of our own specialty and now uh, multiple other specialties as well. Uh, so thanks again and keep up the great work. All right. Appreciate, appreciate the endorsement to the audience. Thank you guys for listening. We covered a really important topic today. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, but want more, check out the show notes on this episode. I'm usually about a week behind in putting them out, but they will be out and uh, those will be available for review And the paper that we discussed today will be included in the show notes. If you guys enjoyed the podcast and want to support the show, here are two easy ways. First, take one second and press subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. This helps platforms like iTunes or Spotify know that you, our audience, value what we're doing and you're interested in getting our latest content as we're producing it. Second, if you're really getting value from these podcasts, please go to iTunes and leave us a short written review. This helps us in a lot of different ways. Plus, we love getting the feedback, good or bad. And for those back table listeners that stuck around to the end, we have an added bonus for today's episode. Our extra music comes to you from the one and only Dr. Ari Isaacson out of UNC in Chapel Hill. If you like this music as much as we did, leave him a comment at Twitter. His handle is at Ari Isaacson MD. Guys, enjoy.
worldwide global reach. They practice what they preach. International guests with wisdom to teach. So subscribe now. You know just what to do. Or else you might get Twitter climbed by Dr. Bob Ryu. Back table. Back table. Back table. Back table.